You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. There's so many opinions. Every morning, people tune into you guys and get a good one. Mackey and Judd. Not a good one, just a great one and an honest one. And not just yelling back and forth. On 1500 ESPN. Unsolicited advice we deem important. You, on the other hand, might not. Information so good, you're encouraged to write that down. From Mackey and Judd. Write that down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. Yeah. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Uh, and Loon Annie in about 15 minutes from right now. But this is one of our favorite segments. We've been doing this for, I don't know, like three years, keeping track of our predictions if you're new to the show. I, I, we definitely have had some new listeners who jumped on board for the Vikings playoff run. So if you're sticking around after the Vikings' disastrous loss, we thank you. And we introduce you to one of our favorite segments. Write that down. And an accountability session where we make predictions every week. And we keep track of those predictions and hold each other accountable, right or wrong, embarrassing or not. A lot uh, of them are. Judd won the batting title two years ago. Mm-hmm. I won the batting title last year. And uh, we're off to a start here that's pretty disastrous, i got to be honest. A lot of horrible things oh, came off Friday the board. Last Friday was terrible. Yes, we were a little too optimistic yeah. about the Vikings' chances. And uh, before we get to the accountability session, new category this year. We're opening up for listener submissions. And we've already had a bunch of great ones, a couple couple guys swinging for the fences. So if you have a prediction you want to get in writing and you want to go on the record, send us an email anytime throughout the week with the subject line, write it down or write that down. Mackie and Judd at 1500ESPN.com. You can also find our emails on our show page at 1500ESPN.com. So mm-hmm. with that said, gentlemen, here's the accountability session. Let's start with listeners. <laughs> Good. Um let me find. Let me find the name of this listener. I don't want to quick. start with me. Uh, the dude. The dude had one come off the board last week. Loyal listener and Chiefs fan, actually. Mm-hmm. He said Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen would each go for four catches, fifty yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, that didn't quite happen. Say that again. That Diggs and Thielen in yeah. that game against Philadelphia yeah. would each go for four catches at least, fifty yeah. yards at least, and a touchdown. At least. This does set the tone, though, for the accountability session. Yes. I said the Eagles would score single-digit points in the game, not like in one of the quarters, <laughs> that the uh, the combined over-under would not be reached, 38.5. It would be under. The Eagles almost got there by themselves. <laughs> yeah, they, they did. And that, uh, let's see, three... Baseball players would be inducted into the Hall of Fame by the Baseball Writers Association, not Jim Tomey. Tomey got in. Uh, And then the Gophers hoops I predicted before the year would win 12 or more conference games. Mathematically, they've been eliminated from that possibility. They're three and seven. Oh, it was a tough week for you. It was. Uh, Let's see. Dave said Nick Foles would be terrible. With a bunch of statistical categories. I'll have to hear it, Dave. That there'd be multiple sacks yeah. by the Vikings' non-defensive linemen. And that the Vikings would win by multiple scores. 
and that Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds would at least each at least get sixty percent of the BBWAA vote. <laughs> wow, well, that was a long time ago. How did they do? Fifty-five percent. That yeah. con- that's good enough. Mid fifties. That's good. No, enough. it's not. But both were mid fifties. Right. You sure I said Vikings would win by multiple scores? You sure on that? Dang it. Yes. Uh, Judd predicted. <clears throat> this isn't any better. Don't worry. That Gophers basketball would finish top three in the Big Ten. No. Oh, all my Gopher predictions are... Mathematically, you might still be alive there, but... Well, I also so. said that they were going to the Sweet 16. Did I say... Oh, well, you know, they could sneak in. You could actually buzz that one if you want. Go right ahead and take <laughs> it off the board. Uh, you said... Z- <laughs> oh, this was a forced home run. Oh, Write that down. Right. But, uh, so you, we, we had to make home run predictions, and you swung for the so fences. Good at and the said time. Xavier Rhodes would be MVP of the Super Bowl. <laughs> You don't know. He could get released by the Vikings, picked up by the Eagles, and have a heck of a game. He'll still get injured. Yeah, good point. You said Trey Waynes would intercept Nick Foles in that game. And that Case Keenum would not throw an interception. But, but, we have a base hit. It's a seeing-eye dribbler. Hey, it's Up the middle. It's an infield single. Judd predicted before the year, Carl Anthony Towns would be an NBA All-Star. Thank you. Yes. There we go. Congratulations. Basically, Judd predicted that Carl Anthony Towns wouldn't get hit by a Metro Transit bus. Did he get in the All-Star game last year? I think not. Yes. So he got snubbed last year, and I was just saying he wouldn't get snubbed this year. (laughs) I am going to. You know what? I'm seeing the positive. Much like the FSN guys, I got a late one right, and so that's going to give me momentum going into today's Write That Down. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. So the batting averages are as follows. Uh, Judd is leading the pack at 308. Dave is at 250 to start the season. By the way, these are just full calendar year batting averages, so we're early, and I'm hitting a paltry 143. Our listeners have not cashed in yet. Our listeners are uh, are hitting zero, no batting average. Actually, uh, yeah, they're 0 for, 0 for 1 is their batting okay. average. All right. So let's start with... Write it down. You like writing things down. Two listener submissions, then we'll get to our predictions for the week, all right? Mm-hmm. This one is from Thomas F. He considers this a home run. I think it's more like a double or a triple, but he emails Mackie and Judd at 1500ESPN.com and says, The Wild will get hot after the All-Star break, and they will get to 100 points on the season. The Wild will get to 100 points on the season, Thomas predicts. Uh, second listener submission from Paul S. Mm-hmm. A Royal Rumble four-item parlay. Write it down. You like writing things down. Oh, I'm excited about this. This is right up both your alleys. Let's go. The Rumble is this Sunday night. He's predicting there's two championship matches and two Royal Rumble matches, a women's and a men's. Yes. He says Brock Lesnar will win one of the championships. AJ Styles will win another one of the championships. Uh-huh. And then an all-Japan Royal Rumble winning combination with Shinsuke Nakamura and Asuke winning the respective... Write it down. You like writing things down. Well, so a four and your, thought, your thoughts on this? Since you are a uh, I'm a little skeptical of, of the Shinsuke Nakamura winning the Royal Rumble, the men's division. I'm a little skeptical of that. All right. Otherwise, it all sounds pretty good. Going Sounds out on a limb right there. So, Judd, why don't you uh, why don't you fire away? All right. As I, I tried to redeem myself from last week's pathetic performance, my first write that down is this. Based on the conversations that we've been having throughout the week, Rick Spielman will trade the Vikings' first-round pick either in a deal for Alex Smith with the Chiefs or to acquire more selections. So he'll go he'll bail back in the draft by trading the Vikings' first-round pick. So Spielman will trade the Vikings' first-round pick. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Okay. 
Vikings positivity because I haven't learned my lesson. Adam Thielen will score a touchdown in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> I've got a Pro Bowl. Write that down, too. Hey, great. Love the Pro Bowl. Write Adam that Thielen down. will be in the end zone. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Well, that back must have healed pretty quickly. <laughs> why is he play- If he has fractures in his back, why is he playing in the Pro Bowl? Because he's a trooper, man. He's a soldier. Sculpture. A soldier. School. <laughs> All right. I'm going to. My, my, I've got a couple oh, uh, Eagles revenge predictions in here <laughs> on behalf of Vikings fans mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with Airbnb. Write this down. The Eagles will have a 10 point lead or more at some point in the Super Bowl, and they will still lose to Tom Brady's heroics in the fourth quarter. So the Eagles will blow a double-digit lead in the Super Bowl. Write this down. Judd? Okay, my second uh, Vikings-related write that down. I'll do the same as Dave and make a Pro Bowl prediction. Harrison Smith will have an interception on Sunday in the Pro Bowl. He's finally going to—I think I predicted incorrectly. Let's see. Last week I said Trey Waynes. Okay, two weeks ago I said that he would pick off Drew Brees, which he did not do. Against the Saints in the uh, divisional playoff game. Well, this time, you know what? Damn it, he's going to get an interception in the Pro Bowl. Harrison Smith. Okay, write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. The big announcement yesterday: the XFL is coming back. Unfortunately, it will end much like the first one. If it even gets off the ground, the new XFL will not last more than one season. Okay, we're going to get into that later on. By the write way, write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. It's actually kind of a fun conversation. Um, there's. There's some things they could do to make it more appealing, and there is room for like secondary sports programming. You see it all the time. If you, if we can show like German league soccer in the in the U.S. and and it gets enough ratings and viewers to make it profitable, we should be able to show some level of American football, right? We'll get into that later on. Mm-hmm. All right, write this down. Uh, I'm going to take your Pro Bowl optimism, Vikings optimism, and I'm going to squash it right now. Okay. Adam Thielen will not score a touchdown, and Harrison Smith will not intercept a pass in the Pro Bowl. I'm sorry. Write wow. this down. Why'd you write to... it down. You like writing Why? things down. I'm taking a Why'd page out of da- Dave. A giant jerk move. Dave does that all the time oh, and write that down. So I'm going to steal a page it's from Dave. Now changing my third write that down <laughs> prediction. Okay. <laughs> write this down. Yes, they will I... both have. <laughs> I am not going off script. I am staying with what I uh, uh, what I put down last night, which is this: Chuck Fletcher in the final season of his contract as the Wild GM will be back next season. He will be back. He will be retained. There, there's uh, certainly been some questions, and if the Wild misses the playoffs, he might be jettisoned. But I'm guessing he won't be. So Chuck Fletcher will be the Wild GM in 2018-19. And then we get the uh, the Judd Zolgad Chuck Fletcher State Fair experience where Judd just leans over. Hey, we talk hockey. Chin we, on fist. You know what? We are equally talk to me about we are, hockey. We are Chuck. equally yes. as frustrated with what's going on and in the state of puck. That's all I'll say. Write We're this down. equally as frustrated. Write it down. You like writing things down. Final prediction. Phil is a bit of a jerk. And the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles will not blow a double-digit lead and lose the Super Bowl. They might lose the Super Bowl, but it won't be by losing a double-digit lead. Okay. All right. That's, well, that's not bad. Write it down. You like writing things down. I you're going to be a bigger jerk than that. Write it down. Uh, well, no. He, he I, did that. He was going to squash my prediction. his first prediction. Yeah. yeah. Pay uh, attention. I know. I don't no, think that, you know. I, that's what he was alluding to. I get it. Don't BASF. This I'm is not, one of our I'm best not, segments. I'm Do not, not BASF. Your predictions are done. Just turn off the mic, <laughs> walk not, away, I come had, back when we've got Louie. I thought you were going to be slightly more of a jerk to Phil. Uh, so here's the final prediction before we get to Lou Nanny. The Vikings will trade for Alex Smith. The Vi- but, Well, I should specify, before week one. Just All so right. we don't leave it open. The Vikings will trade 
for Alex Smith. Write this down. This offseason. Lou and Nanny will join the show when we come back. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. We have the goods. On 1500 ESPN. All right, Mackie and Judd. Second yeah, we'll get to that six-goal disaster uh, Pittsburgh last night. But if people didn't know, today, I believe it's at Mancini's. And I don't know if, if tickets are even, I don't even know how this thing works as far as availability. But Lou can shed some light. A Patrick Royce roast is taking place over lunch today, Lou. What? Uh, I know you don't want to unveil much to us because you don't want to. A great, a great uh, comedic writer doesn't give away all of his secrets. But what? You know what's going to happen a in a couple hours here? Well, I'm not going to give away any of mine. That's for sure. <laughs> just a sampling. <laughs> but I try to get the worst clothes I had to wear anyway, just to, in honor of Patrick when he dresses. So. Like just a big, a big sweater or something yeah, like that. Ball, yeah. baggy jeans. Yeah. I went over to the Tenani Club and got some. I <laughs> <laughs> did. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I guess I think you could still get them online, but you could certainly get them there at Mancini's. It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, nobody deserves it more than him. Yeah, well, you <laughs> know what? And for Pat, he's been dishing it for like forty or fifty years, so he better be able to take it, right? Exactly right, Phil. Exactly right. He, I mean, he, you finally get a shot at him, which was really nice. How, <laughs> hey Lou, how how tough was that uh, that Vikings loss on Sunday for you to take as we watched them give up thirty eight points and score only seven? Well, after the, I would have lost my house in the game to start with, but after the first uh, set of downs, when they go right down and score, and I said to my wife, we're just going to kick the hell out of these guys today. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. I'm just uh, mystified that collectively they could play so poorly. And uh, at that time, it's unfortunate, I, I hate to say it, but uh, you don't see it happen too often when, both sides of the ball, essentially, but especially the defense that you're so, you know, proud of, and you think they are the best in the league to uh, to do things so uncharacteristic of them. It's got to drive them nuts. I feel sorry for them because they had a heck of a shot at it. They had a just a standout season, and you'd like to see them be there, but they're not. And uh, You'd like to have that one over again, but they don't give it back to you to have another crack at it. Yeah. He, you know what the amazing thing is? And, and ESPN.com actually wrote about this before the game on Sunday, kind of foreshadowing. At every major stop in huge games for the Vikings going back decades, their best strength or attribute betrays them in that game. So defense is what got you to this game, right? And then defense is what shipwrecks you against Nick Foles. Brett Favre was your greatest strength, Lou, in 2009, and yeah. he, in the end, he throws the interception. The 98 offense, or the, or even like the the 41 donut game, where offense kind of led you to uh to the NFC Championship game there. And in 98, you wind up taking a knee with time on the clock and timeout. So they they get to that point with some great strength, and then it just goes away every single time. Speaking of that, Phil, I, I don't know how you felt, but can you remember just before the half when they, uh, Philly gets the ball with? I think it's under 29 yard line with about 31 seconds to go or some darn yep. thing. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh, they got to take a knee. They don't want to lose momentum by throwing an interception or fumbling at this point of the game. They're, they're looking so good. And they go down and score. Yes, yes. I, I think at that time, my sense is maybe this is going to be a bad day for the Vikings. Uh, yeah. In fact, I remember because superstar Mike Morris and I, we do the post game call in show. So we watched the games together. And I remember saying to him, when the Vikings were down, I think it was 14 to 7. And the Eagles were maybe about to, I don't remember the scenario. They were down 14-7. I said, you know what? If they can get into halftime only down seven points after this disaster, they're going to be looking pretty good. And the Eagles tacked on 10 more, and it was 24-7, to and the game was over. Yeah, 
That's that's what I couldn't believe. I think that's uh, you don't give up, but uh, you you sort of come to the realization that maybe this is not your day when you're a fan looking at the game like that and see that happen because we saw the Patriots, the, you know, come back in in their game uh, when Jacksonville looked like they should have beat them, and you think, well, the Vikings are going to do the same thing, but. When it got to the last 30 seconds of that first half and that happened, I thought, hmm, maybe not. Wild last night, Louis. Brutal. Six, six zip. I mean, that that performance, here's what drives me nuts. You have the bye week, right? You come back, you play three games. This is the third game. Now you have the all-star break, and you come out and lay that type of egg? Ugh. Yeah, I... I... I I I don't know if you uh, watched Boudreaux's interview after, oh, yeah. but uh, you could see the frustration, and and you could see why it, there was so much sloppiness in the game, and and there was a lack of urgency. And, and one of the goals I was, I was so frustrated, uh, you know, and I'm not going to just name the one guy because he, he certainly just drove me nuts in that play. But if you just look at the checking in their own zone. Mm-hmm. And and look at how they reacted to plays that were being made and and just simple things that people they should have been picking up and then uh, you know a couple of goals fluky goals off the skate but uh, and you know we weren't we weren't giving ourselves any chance at all to win that game we were that was that was a disaster that was that was worse than. Or as bad as the Vikings disaster, as far as the way they played. The the problem too is this conference is incredibly tough. Oh. So I mean, you can't just say, "Well, it, it's an Eastern Conference point, and it's not a, a big deal." By this point, every single point that you can get is a big deal. It, it, it's so huge; it's unbelievable. If you take a look and just uh, <laughs> you, you just see the spread, there there's almost no breathing room in there. So every night, you know, somebody's picking a point in you someplace. And and you gotta you gotta try and come up with at least one. But to go in there <clears throat> if Pittsburgh had been playing great you can understand, but Pittsburgh's been really on the slide. Yep. They've been very inconsistent and go in there and, and get behind six nothing is just ludicrous. Mm-hmm. And and you know what makes you upset is if you watch them in a third period and you could say Pittsburgh relaxed. They didn't relax that much. It's the wild just played their game better in the third period. And you say, Why weren't they playing like that after the first whistle? And it's not just that they got three goals. It's just the way they were playing with more urgency, more puck movement, more much more uh, checking ability. They were taking people out. They were eliminating people. They were shutting down lanes. All the things they didn't do in the first two periods. But, Lou, that's what drives me nuts. And and th- this was the, the problem with Yo there. It's the problem with, with Bruce there. How many times have we seen them do this? They get down substantially, and then it's this wild. They they go crazy, and it's it drives you nuts because you, as, as you just said, where is that? I mean, you could have started to do that in the second. You could have started to, to do that late in, in the first, and to play that poorly, and then say, I guess, oh my gosh, we're down by six, and now we're going to try, or now we're going to play hard. That's what fundamentally drives me nuts about this roster. Yeah, and and. <laughs> They're not going to have much breathing room the rest of the way. Uh, you know, what do they got? About thirty-eight games left, yes. and or thirty-three, I think thirty-three. That, that's not a lot of games. You you can't afford and you know major slip-ups now along the way because thirty-three games is not a lot of room to be getting the points they need. They got to play at least I, I figure at least seven, maybe eight games over five hundred the rest of the way. Yeah. 
to to get in the playoffs. And and uh, you know, so what are you going to do? You're gonna, you you got to go like twenty one and twelve or something like that. Yeah. Lou, I, I observed something the other night. I was uh, up in one of the lavish executive suites. I, in fact, the uh, we had a, a charity suite right next to the owner's suite. And I feel like Craig Leopold might have some Lunandy tendencies when it comes to living and dying by every single shift in even regular season games. I think, uh, I don't know if I, if I ever was in that position, I don't know if living and dying by every shift would be the the way that I'd want to observe, but you guys are—you guys have thicker blood than I would, for sure. Well, I told him, Mike, because I, I was, you know, uh, I've had a number of occasions when I've been in a suite and the game started. I'm there for a while, and I see him. I say, you remind me too much of myself. i got to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> for sure. Just, I just, I, I see, I I had to live and die. I said, you're the owner. You shouldn't be doing this. This is not healthy. This is not good for you. <laughs> <laughs> and and he really does. Uh, he he just he reminds me so much of myself. He just died during the games, and I I know how tough that is on him. I I wish for his sake that he he didn't feel that way. But you know, I it is what it is. You can't. I couldn't stop myself, so I certainly don't know how to tell him to stop himself. And Louis, it's every single game too. It's That's a long season. Yes. Yeah, I've I've been there a lot, and I and I'm down the. My seats are a little just down from him too, and I see him a lot. It reminds me one time I was I was out of the game uh, and I was in Toronto uh, doing some business, and so I, Cliff Fletcher was managing the lease, and Cliff Cliff and I were very close. And he said, "Come on, the game. Come on, sit with me during the game." So he, he's up there, and and Cliff was used to be really mild mannered during the games. I don't know how he did it. Anyway, in the third period. And he's just, just going nuts. And I said, Cliff, Cliff, settle down. It's only a game. You, you of all people to talk to me like that, you were the worst. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How yeah. can you even say that? <laughs> exactly. I said, I know, but I might have, now I think that I know. <laughs> I have been doing that. I'm calm now. I'm fine now, right? Yeah. God. Hey, hey Lou, I, what is this league going to do? Interference on goalies. Where, how are they going to find, I mean, we, we, I think have a nightly complaint now. How is this league going to find a consistency there? Because it seems like from situation to, to situation, it changes. How do they find a place where where we can all agree that was either a goal or a or a non goal? Well, I got to tell you, I uh, I think they've gone way overboard in protecting the goaltenders. I, I, first of all, they're 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 better protected than anybody else with their equipment. And and uh, right now, if you're a goaltender. You should always be at the top of your crease, so that somebody interferes with you essentially, because they're going to come in close, and you can get in position where uh, contact couldn't be made. So if anything goes in, you can always scream goalie interference. I, I just think that's way way off base. They're, they're too far over. I, it's, it, it makes me long for the time when we never had that call, and you never really you never even saw that much interference because now uh you know you you just didn't go in the crease and if you went in the crease was wasn't a goal if you're out of the crease and a goalie happens to be in the top of the crease and, and it comes with you too bad mm-hmm. but every 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 goal is challenged now it's getting ludicrous yep yeah. lou great stuff are you going to enjoy super bowl week at all or is it just kind of a kind of a no. downer well, no, I'm going to enjoy it. I mean, I'm not going to do anything. I'm, I'm, I, I got to do a signing at the RBC Plaza with Foreman, myself, and Broughton and Lertzema. But 
outside of that, you know, I, I don't think I'll take in many many things anymore. I think I've seen everything. So yeah. Did Jamie Foxx call and invite you to uh, his private party next week? Uh, actually, I I did get invited to that party, but I'm not going to be going to that uh, that deal. Yeah, well, Judd will go in your place if you. Yeah, know. if you got a ticket for me, Lou, I'll yeah. go. Yeah, three thousand bucks, I can get you a ticket. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to skip it. I'm gonna have to skip that one. Sorry, Lou. Yeah. Can't make it. You'll be with me in my. You'll be at Tavern Twenty Three with me. Yeah, exactly. Actually, Amen. Mark was in last week at Tavern Twenty Three. Left me a note, and uh, I don't know what he was doing. Tom, maybe he's coming back in to do some stuff. So who is in town? Ahmad Rashad. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, he was so watching. Apparently, he'll be coming around, and you know there'd be. Uh, a lot of things going on during that week. I think he said, uh, he told some publication he was watching the Viking Saints game with Michael Jordan at Michael Jordan's place. So, Well, I got to tell you place. one thing. Uh, I had something unique happen to me, and, and I'm going to meet the guy for lunch at the uh, Tavern 23. 1971, I, I, did a U- I did a couple USO tours during the Vietnam War. And one of the ones I did, the first one was a hospital tour, too, to Japan after the guys were shot up. Japan, Philippines, Okinawa, and Guam. And I met this guy, and I didn't know, uh, you know, I just met him, never thought anything more about him. A couple of years ago, radio broadcaster called me and, and put the three of us, the guy wanted to talk to me. And and so I, I talked to him again, and uh, then he, this past week, he wins tickets through the Bears with a story, won a Pulitzer Prize. This guy, when he was in Vietnam, uh, eight of his comrades got killed in this group and he was the only one that lived and he probably lived when he was carrying one of them, the bodies back and all the shrapnel blew up and the majority went into the other mm. fella yeah. and he and he goes to try and find all the families he had a pact to, to let all the families know what happened you know and for now what was it 40 50 years in 1971 mm-hmm. un- until I think it was last year he couldn't find this one family and he went to the wall again and I think it was on July 4th and this woman is having a tough time, and she falls to her knees, and she's pointing. He says, can I help you? She says, no, I found it. Who is it? And she says, William Ward. No, this is 50 years or something. That's the guy he's been trying to find, the family. Wow. What a story. And so he talks to her, and he gets the family, and, you know, goes to tell the family about the kid and all that. And and so he's coming here, so he calls me this week and says, can we have lunch together? I have another veteran that the Bears uh, gave us tickets, and and we're coming in. So I'm going to meet him again. For the first time since 1971. Wow! And he just today emailed me the poster of when we went, when the North Stars went there. I had this group that went there and visited, and pictures of him in the hospital. It's just amazing. That's incredible! Wow! Yeah, yeah. Just and you never know, boy. Yeah. And he says, I can't tell you how much it means when guys come over there like that. He says, Here I was watching Japanese television. In the hospital, lonely, all my friends have died, and he says, I can't even understand TV, and this pops up, the North Stars are here, and here I played hockey in, in Chicago High School and little in college. He says, you don't know what it means to a, a lonely serviceman at that time when the guys make those USO tours. So it was really, uh, really something. Yeah, well, I mean, sports can be a great connector, yeah, I think. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Yep. Lou, thank you for your time, as always. We'll catch up next week. See you, Lou. Okay, guys. Thanks. Lou Nanny, always great. Dave, what's coming up in Stuff next? We don't get a lot of opera in Stuff, but we will have that coming up next, as well as some great clips from Sir Charles last night. 
And a couple other wonderful items. Doogie with a scoop in a half hour as well. Uh, It is Super Bowl week. Well, starting, I guess, this weekend officially. And if you are looking for, hey, there's all kinds of stuff going on. I just, just, just tell me. Where is sort of the central hub? If I'm going to experience one thing, what's the central hub? Well, here it is. It's the Super Bowl experience driven by Genesis at the Minneapolis Convention Center starting tomorrow and going all the way through next Saturday, February 3rd. Uh, So we're talking about interactive games where you can find uh, various things to test your football skills, live game action using virtual reality technology, You can get a photo with the most prestigious trophy in sports, the Vince Lombardi Trophy, which is very a very foreign object to Minnesota football fans. What trophy is that? It's called the Vince Lombardi Trophy. It's a trophy you get if you win all your games. Like in the yeah, who does that? I'll explain it to Minnesota football fans later. But here's how you get tickets: Ticketmaster.com. Adults just thirty five dollars. Kids just twenty five dollars. Again, it's the Super Bowl experience driven by Genesis at the Minneapolis Convention Center starting. Tomorrow, going through February 3rd. Mackie and Judd are back. Come on, boys. We're going to do it again. <laughs> On 1500 ESPN. And stuff you should know about is sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring with Indeed? You can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, please rise. Men, remove your caps as we honor America and the Twin Cities sports scene with the playing of Stuff You Should Know About. Dave Harrigan, what stuff do you have for us on on this Friday? I am going to play a little uh, game with you guys, a little quiz. If I were to let you listen to the sound of two different world-famous singers and then also a NFL kicker, could you tell the difference? I mean, I, we'd uh, like to think so, right? Like to hear it, yeah. Go ahead. Ave Maria is the song. Very famous opera tune. Mm-hmm. Give you first. Well, no, I can't tell you who I'm going to give you first. I'm simply going to give you in alphabetical order Andrea Bocelli, Luciano Pavarotti, and Justin Tucker. Okay. Okay. Number one. Commit that to memory. Okay. Number two. Okay. And finally, number three. Can wow. you tell me which one okay. is NFL place kicker? Hold on, Justin Doug. Tucker. All right, so hold on. Okay, this is going to sound lame, but I used to I used to be way into Andrea Bocelli. Like, I I had I went through a phase in my early twenties where I I just really loved classical music. You're like Bocelli when I was guy. working, that's stuff. fine. Uh huh. Pavarotti is the second one. Okay. Yes, I agree with that. Pavarotti is the second one. I agree with that. I can't tell the difference now, between okay. Justin Tucker and Andrea okay. Bocelli. I thought... Ini- <laughs> That's amazing. Init- initially, I thought Tucker was one and Bocelli was three, which leads me to believe that I'm me probably too. wrong. That's what I I'm thought. I'm probably wrong, so I thought, Tucker well, is probably three, I actually, unless you recognize Bocelli. I thought Bocelli was the first one. That's what I'm saying. So 
Initially, I thought the first one was Tucker, which leads me to believe I'm wrong. So I would say, I, I would say Bocelli, Pavarotti, Tucker. Okay, let's go with that. Uh, by the way, that was Tucker from last night's CBS Most Valuable Performer thing. He yeah. obviously won because he's a really bleeping good opera singer. You guys are off. You did say Andre Bocelli was number one, you thought, Phil. Yeah. That is correct. That did turn out to be Andre Bocelli. No. Pavarotti was, okay. Two really? was Justin Tucker. Really? really? Okay. Play, can you play him again? I can. I can uh, give you a little uh, Justin right here. That's incredible. Okay, I would, yeah. And that dude, and that dude, think about this. That dude makes millions of dollars doing something else other than singing. <laughs> mm-hmm. He'll be fine. <laughs> Kicking 65-yard field goals, too. Oh my God. One of the best in the league. Meanwhile, <laughs> as that was on the air last night, there was also a lot of NBA going on last night, and Charles Barkley was on fire. First, he got to see Russell Westbrook walk into the arena with some... <laughs> Yellowish, sweatshirtish, tattered thing with rips and tears and holes all over it. What the hell? This is to the peak in Oklahoma City where Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Host the Wizards. Why can't he wear that? Because it looks awful. It looks awful. He was uh, in a rush. In a rush, he got bit. He got bit by a dog. Looked like he got in a fight with a leopard. And then there was Barkley serious on uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers situation. I had enough of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I know there's another network of TV partners who follow him around like puppy dogs, but I've had enough of it, man, and I got to vent. These guys trying to blame all there is on Kevin Love, I've had enough of it. Now, I got a list of guys here who, who I don't know what happened to them, but they've been MIA. They're on a milk carton somewhere. Tristan Thompson, what happened to you? Jay Crowder, what happened to you? JR, Iman Shumper, Channing Fry. For you guys to go after Kevin Love, hey, if the guy say he's sick, he's sick. But for you guys to go after Kevin Love, the second best player on the team, that's just bogus and lightweight. And finally, Charles Barkley responding to a guy on Twitter who made a donut joke at Charles as they were talking about the uh, all-star draft. Charles Barkley would pick Krispy Kreme donuts for the first pick. What's that? I, look, look at your fat ass, too. <laughs> Don't you sit and be talking about it. Put that dude picture back up. Do not go to commercial break. This fat Laker fan. He's going to talk about me eating donuts. Look at that fat ass. Are you kidding me? TK, that's my new number one. Come on, look at this stomach. Look at this gut. Big baby Jonathan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> big baby, big baby. <laughs> he gonna call me talk about Christmas <laughs> Oh, I love him. Yeah, he's hilarious. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, he was just rolling it last <laughs> night. Uh, Russell Westbrook did have a very nice game last night, and he had a very nice dunk as part of that game. And I mean, we we love our guy here with the Wolves. All right, we love our guy Alan Horton. But there's always those memories of Kevin Harlan calling the KG dunks back in the day. Sure. He went back in the day with this one. Oh, oh my goodness! When you get up that high, you gotta throw it down hard! What a play! Westbrook elevates, cuts, and rocks it! Dude, he's so good. What was the line? I just saw a man fly. With Jr., I think that was the call. Well, he, um, well, he said a that dunk. Uh, yeah, he he had a bunch of different. The Googs calls. call was great. The no regard for human life mm-hmm. was always a favorite of Kevin Harlan's yeah. too. He is. Woo!
Googly oogly oogly yeah, baby. Goog- Sam I am green eggs and ham. The Googs call was fantastic. I always remember this place is an indoor insane asylum. That one always stuck with me. Well, I don't me. remember that one. That yeah. is good. It Buckle was, up too is a is yep. another one. Yep. Buckle up, absolutely. All right, here's my favorite story of the day. Sydney Sanders uh, was celebrating her birthday, or at least the birthday weekend. Uh, yesterday, she wanted to go see a Nashville Predators game, so she got a ticket, and she also had to buy a flight because she doesn't live in Nashville. But dang it, she's a diehard Predators fan, so she slapped on the jersey, hopped on the flight, and went to see the game. Predators won. They beat the Devils 3-0. It was fantastic. Only problem is she was in Nashville and the game was in New Jersey. She didn't realize she bought tickets to a game that was actually playing played in New Jersey. Whoops. Something called a schedule? Yeah, she tweeted when you're a complete moron and buy a ticket to, or flight to Nashville, go to the Preds game. It's a away game, so you just hang out at Bridgestone Arena anyway. Luckily, they brought her some swag, a scarf, a pocket. There's a, a lot of cool things. things to do on the street that's right next to the arena. <laughs> yes. My the beautiful thing, though, is us Minnesotans, we can take delight. The city she flew from. Philadelphia. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I have just one small question about this, though. If you're going to make plans and buy a plane ticket and go see a game, don't you ordinarily get the tickets so that, you know, if it's a game that's going to be sold out, you don't get there and you can't get in? I would I would think if you made all the plans to no, get there. No, she had the ticket. She bought the tickets. She just didn't realize the game oh, was she... in New Jersey. Oh, okay. Whoops. Never mind then. That's really out there. <laughs> yeah. So it says Prudential Center. She's in Philly. So, by the way, she's very close. <laughs> yes. She flew from a city in which she was very close, she and the ticket the said yeah. Prudential Center on it. Yeah, we all make okay. mistakes. Woo! We do indeed. All right. Okay, we all make mistakes. Uh, Doogie with a scoop session here in about 12 or 15 minutes. Superstar Mike Morris in the noon, and it is a game show Friday. We're also going to get into this. Vince McMahon announced the relaunch of the XFL about 20 years after it'll be. It's very interesting. Does it have any shot? And I'm here to defend Vince McMahon at some point in the 11 o'clock hour, too. So we'll get to that. Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. They gotta be some tight asses, don't you think? Oh, they take it very (laughs) seriously. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. You are my best friend. All next week, 1500 ESPN, the Mackie and Judd Show will be live from Radio Row ahead of the big game, sponsored by Mall of America. Yes, Mackie and Judd, live Monday through Friday from Radio Row, followed by Saturday Sports Talk on February 3rd and Sunday Sports Talk on game day. For more details, head to 1500ESPN.com, keyword football. So did you see this MSP Meg? Article about Sid Hartman. Steve, I, Steve Marsh is the uh, is the author, and he's an outstanding writer. I not only saw it, I read the entire thing two days ago. Yes, so it's great. I mean, there's so many anecdotes in here, and you worked with Sid for a long time at the Star Tribune, but you know he still keeps the table at Murray. I'm just going to read you a couple little fun excerpts here. But for the last 30 years, Sid Hartman has kept his own table at Murray's, the iconic Sixth Street Steakhouse downtown Minneapolis. Uh, this comes from a decades long association with the restaurant. Also. Sid tells me that for years, the gift certificates were a tool to getting an athlete's number into his Rolodex. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I remember those days. The standing table at Murray's is no marketing stunt. Sid still, uh, Sid still uses it. In fact, on a recent Saturday night, so sometime, I don't know, in the last few months, Sid says he hosted Bud Grant, Bobby Knight, and billionaire businessman Marty Davis. Mm-hmm. Yes, like 21st century recent. Mm-hmm. Um, Sid has me call Bobby Knight to prove it. In Knight, taking my call from a pheasant hunting lodge on the high plains of South Dakota takes as an opportunity, a coachable moment, if you will, 
to simultaneously elevate Sid Hartman while denigrating the rest of our shared profession. <laughs> the greatest, the greatest part of the whole piece is the end, because at the end, it basically Marsh get, gets into into sitting down with Sid and having Sid start to ask him about what people said about him. What did Taylor say about me? What did Polad say? What did Royce say? What did my own son Chad say? And I believe his quote to Marsh was, did Chad rip me? Chad probably, the end is, this is quintessential Sid. 97 years old and still, and he's 97. He is a millionaire and he is extremely concerned about what other people yeah. are saying about him to this day. So here's another one. So he he ripped Royce throughout this. Oh, it's yeah. a really long piece, and it's worth reading on MSPMag.com. By the way, Royce's going to get his comeuppance today at Mancini's. There's a roast of Royce today. At noon, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's during our show, so we can't be there, unfortunately. But it would have been fun gone. to just broadcast that live. We should we should, we should, should go down there. Let's go down there at noon and just broadcast that live. But his rip of, of Patrick is great. He said, well, I'm, I, and there was one earlier, but here's one. Uh, he said, so Sid is done hearing about happy days of boys and baseball. He's back on Royce. It's an ancient war. Sid against his haters, the rippers, as he's always called them. Quote from Sid, they're jealous, and that's their problem. They're jealous of the statue. They're jealous of the ballpark in Northeast Minneapolis. They're jealous of the media access. They're jealous of the twins having a day for Sid Hartman. They're envious and they're jealous. You can quote me on that. Isn't that great? <laughs> he's 97 and he's still like this. Man, there's a little bit of like, this is going to be a weird analogy, but stick with me. There's a little Michael Jordan there. I mean, Sid Hartman is is legendary at his craft over the course of a century, right? Yeah. And that... Even when you think, man, Michael Jordan just had an unbelievable career inducted into the Hall of Fame, and he's got to be loving life, right? And he, and what what does he do? He takes the spotlight, and he just spends a half hour ripping all of the doubters and yeah, all the and critics. Like he calls for them. Sid, Sid sort of, I mean, Sid is at ninety seven, still sort of fueled by a little bit of insecurity and a little. Oh, bit it's of, a lot. Sure. Oh but, yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I start. I but he's great over the course of fifty years. He's easy to take some shots at, you know, because he's he's got a quirky personality. I started, but he's legendary. I started at the paper in nineteen eighty nine, and I remember back then people talking about, well, when Sid retires or when Sid's done here. Nineteen eighty nine. We're now talking about thirty years. Yeah. We're now talking, and they were talking then about, well, I mean, he's gonna. I mean, I'm sure he'll work for a while, but not. He's not only still doing the column for the Strib. He's on radio all the time still. Yeah, this is a great... The, the Marsh piece is fantastic. It's a really good read. This anecdote's great. I ask him, the author Steve says, I ask him if at this point he understands what his strengths are. I'm a good reporter, Sid said. Getting scoops is my strength. Getting stories is my first is my strength. Uh, then Sid grabs the reins of the interview again. He wants to know about my conversations with his son, Chad. Yeah. Quote, what what about Chad? Did you talk to Chad? I bet he said a lot of negative stuff. Yeah, yeah he's concerned. The whole thing goes through the litany of, of who who Marsh should talk to and what they might have said about Sid. <laughs> negative stuff. Yeah. Did Taylor oh, rip me? All right. Rip me? Speaking of uh, speaking of Chad, let's get to one of his longtime producers. Doogie's going to join us when we come back here with a scoop session. We'll go inside. Are the Twins going to sign you, Darvish? Because John Morosi reported a couple days ago that you, Darvish, is likely to sign this week. Yeah. Well, it's Friday. And the Twins are very much still in the mix, so we can get some thoughts from Doogie on that. By the way, Pat Shermer's having his introductory press conference with the Giants right now, too. Uh, Mackie and Judd. 